The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This week on Dueling Review, it's Dungeons & Dragons Mindbreaker Number 1 from IDW Publishing. Changed by their experiences, our heroes return home to Baldur's Gate to find that something much more insidious has taken root. What could be behind the odd behavior of the head librarian of the Knowledge Hold? That's my What do we know about Dungeons & Dragons Mindbreaker, Matthew? Uh, I, I really didn't know anything going in, but apparently some of these characters are the same characters in the last Dungeons & Dragons thing that we read. Yeah, and, uh, and like so that was quite a while ago. ago. That was probably several arcs ago. I think mm-hmm. anytime we see Dungeons & Dragons by Jim Zub, we know that we're going to get these characters, which mm-hmm. I'm not, and again, some people are going to start throwing their iPods around and screaming, no, that's not right. But I'm pretty sure all of the characters that are in this Dungeons & Dragons comic book series are the archetypes of um, of 5th edition. Along with some of their powers, so that's why we've got them there. Blah 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 blah. So we've we've seen right. these guys since the beginning, and kind of gotten to know them. And they go off and do adventures, and their stories, uh, you know, especially as they come back uh, in this issue. There's some things that have happened to some of them in in the last couple of arcs that we have missed out on. <laughs> that may or may not be good for the party. Oh, they're good. They're totally good. Somebody selling their soul is good for the party. I'm not sure about that. Uh, well, worked for critical hit. Um, <laughs> who sold their soul on critical hit? Did you sell your soul? Who got turned into the new avatar of Asmodeus in the final episode of critical hit? I don't know. I don't remember. It's a long time ago. That's like two years ago, uh, dude. Good God. But there's Minsk. Who's this, uh, purple eyed dude. And he's got a hamster. Uh, and then there is, uh, like a wizard. He's lost girl. his, he's lost all of his memory. Yep. And there's uh, a wizardy girl named Delina. Yeah. She, there's something going on at the library, which is where the story, uh, is going on. Yep. She's like, uh, a Mooney elf person. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, there's, uh, like a halfling, maybe I'm going to say like ranger. I don't know. I'm going to say ranger. I think she's a ranger. She has like a bow and a little green suit mm-hmm. and her name is like Shandy. Mm-hmm. And then they have kind of a roguey thiefy guy. Who's a thiefy rogue. And his name is sold my soul to the devil. Cause I'm an idiot. Or maybe he um, had to do it. So the rest of his friends wouldn't die. Uh, it seems, uh, I don't know. There seems to be a lot going on in there. And then now they have, um, another young lady who I don't know what her deal is. But she's got like a big sword and eye makeup. Yeah. And she's, uh, she's like part of this, uh, religious order and there's something going on with the religious order and it all comes together at the library or should I say the knowledge hold the knowledge hold of Baldur's gate. And so a couple of things that strike me on this is Mm -hmm. 
you know, obviously this is Wizards of the Coast probably fact checking and double checking and encouraging certain mm-hmm. stories to go in certain directions. I haven't followed Jim Zub on uh, his Patreon for a while. Uh, so I don't know what, you know, he shares a lot of behind the scenes stuff right. uh, of what's going on with Dungeons and Dragons and the scripts and everything. But I suspect since this is a prelude to the Baldur's Gate 3 video game, mm-hmm. that there is a lot of whatever is happening in this comic book is also happening in that game. So it's closely tied to the current property. In fact, what is it? The, um, the phaser beast. What's the, what's the displacer, beast. the displacer beast, which f- it features prominently in this issue. Again, uh, I'm not saying that there is a connection, but the, tome that was just released previously, the wild beyond of the witch light, the mm-hmm. variant cover of that features the displacer beast prominently on the cover of that book. And the, the variant right. cover is just brilliant. If you guys are into your dungeons and dragons manuals and expansion modules and, and all of those things, if you like the, the, the base covers, that's fine. But mm-hmm. the variant covers are done in this ink that is kind of reflective and bounces around. And then the art is just this wonderful. I mean, just, it's just wonderful people. I've posted pictures of this over on my Instagram, major spoilers. Uh, whenever we get new stuff in, there's a new book coming out this week. I want to say, uh, Fainer's mm-hmm. guide to dragons, uh, I believe is the, is the title of it. Um, it's cover is really cool too, because it's all oranges and reds and, uh, whites for the dragons. But I just, I saw the displacer beast in this book. And I was like, Oh, well, uh, that certainly explains why there's a displacer beast on the variant cover of this, or maybe not, but, um, yeah. Uh, so a lot of setup in here. We're trying to catch new readers up on what's going on. Even if you don't know who all of the people are. Yes. And which then is pretty successful because I did not remember anybody, but Minsk, uh, from the previous arcs. So yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and the, and the halfling or, or whatever she is. Um, that, yeah, that's who I, that's who I remember uh, as well. Both of those two. And that's fine. I did not remember her. Well, and a lot of it is that, uh, in my brain, this is all conflated with rat Queens, uh, a where little they had bit, the, yeah. the dwarf woman with the sword. So I was like, Oh, this is a, this is a different universe. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see how people can make, uh, get that confused a little bit because sure. they think they both came up uh, around the same time. I want to say not a hundred percent, but they were going on around the same time. When, when fifth edition debuted, there were a lot of properties. And I think that these, those two were part of the same kind of zeitgeist there. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure most definitely. Yep. So this all ends up with, as I, I alluded to earlier, the religious order and the library order, uh, something strange going on at the library after dark and our heroes have to break in and they uncover some, some <laughs> shenanigans. And that's where the issue ends because they're all going to die. Evil shenanigans. Also a yeah. displacer beast. So, right. The displacer beast fight takes up probably a third of the issue, which is kind of neat. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate the fact that, you know, you go through the five steps of grief with a displacer beast, you know, <laughs> you have that thing where it attacks you, but you can't hit it. And then you realize, Oh, what is it? Oh, it's a displacer beast. Oh. And you know, you have to get to the point where you finally figure out how to overcome its magic. And I also like the fact that when we get to the end and we see the coming next issue, mm-hmm. that may be a beholder. I don't I don't guarantee that that's a beholder, but that may be a beholder. Um, is that cause I got down to the thing to be continued. Yeah. 
there's a, a after that there is oh okay let me open coming it up next really issue cover so we've got a um of course uh, idw publishing is super mm-hmm. kind and sends us review copies every yes. week and in some cases when they uh can't even release those uh sometimes we will send out a request and they will say yeah sure just don't talk about it until this day or time so uh thank you for that but usually when today was a very busy day uh but yes when i was uh done with that to be continued i was like man i gotta get on to the next thing uh but yes that does look like a uh, beholder in right. there and uh yeah so there you go so beholders abound behold this dungeons and dragons comic book <laughs> so what did you think what did you think uh overall on this I feel honestly the same way I think I felt about the last uh, Dungeons and Dragons issue that we read. It's good. It's solid. I mean, Zub Mm -hmm. puts together an interesting group and there's always, you know, nicely plotted stuff. The art isn't bad. It's not necessarily to my taste, but I really appreciate what it does in that it's not, you know, a traditional superhero art style. It does have a lot of, you know, buckles and belts and realistic arrows and weapons and armor. And I like that. I feel like that's kind of neat. Uh, all the sequences in the library just reminded me of Diablo 3, where mm, you're mm-hmm. down in the in the mm-hmm. underground area. So everything was really good. It just, I don't know. It. I think when it comes to Dungeons & Dragons stories, yeah, I'm always more interested in the ones we're playing than the ones we're reading, even if they're really good. And I feel like this one is pretty solid. I kind of have a little bit of a disconnect because I'm not rolling dice and, you know, I'm not controlling Minsk or getting eaten by a displacer beast or, yeah. you know, rolling for perception to see if I hear the guys coming up with their own cherry crayon, you know, to stab a librarian in the back. If so, uh, as far as art goes, I like the art. I like, you know, I like how things are drawn. Mm-hmm. I'm not a. I have some issues, and not saying that the coloring is bad or the shading is bad, but it's I have very, some issues very, with the shading in and the coloring in that it where there should be shadows, it mm-hmm. oftentimes ends up very flat. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, when they're in the library, there's like uh, scenes, or even when they're fighting the Displacer Beast, it's like yes, the dis, uh, Displacer Beast has all these contours going along on its muscles but it doesn't necessarily match the lighting in the scene a hundred percent all the time. And so Mm -hmm. it feels very weird that way. And then, you know, they're fighting out in the middle of a courtyard and unless it's a full moon, man, maybe that wall a hundred yards away shouldn't be the same color as, yeah, shouldn't be fully lit. Like the character that is closest to our, you know, eyes to the closest to the, to the frame of the, of the piece. So, I have some problems with that in, in terms of, I would like to see the darker bits be darker and the lighter Mm -hmm. bits be lighter and try to maintain some, some depth with the shading, uh, and use of the colors. But otherwise I think the art is fine. I think the detail is really cool. I like the detail. There were a couple of times where I thought that, um, I got confused on the two old ladies who were fighting outside the library. Mm -hmm. And so when suddenly, um, one of them is inside the library and we're like, wait, isn't that the friend of the girl who wanted to get into the library or is she the one that locked everything away? And so right. I was a little confused on that because she's changed her cloak and thus the coloring of her clothes. And 
One thing that yeah. we've learned about comic books and cartoons is the reason why people stay in the same costume the entire time and the same clothing uh, when they're out of costume the entire time is so it's easier for us to figure out who it is. And right. so that threw me a little bit. So you were going to say something also in addition to coloring. I think the my problem with the coloring is that the purples and the greens are like super, super saturated. And all of the reds are dialed way back to where they're kind of dried blood red. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even in the daylight, it's, it's, you know, kind of a dried blood red. And it's not like the reality is brown trope because the purples are super vivid. The blues, you know, really pop. And you get to a, a particular point when there's, I think it may be the first page. Yes. First page, they're stepping off the ship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Everybody's, you know, colors are there. The one guy's in blue, the one girl's in green, the other's in purple. But if you look at the mage in her red cloak, it's not quite as intense. And it feels like they've dialed back the reds, but somehow the purples are just like all over the place. And I'm not sure if that's meant to say, hey, purple is magic. Or if it's just, you know, a choice that the colorist made, but well, it really feels, yeah. hmm. it feels out of balance to me. Well, the purple is magic because when the girl, uh, it's revealed that it's her priest mentor guy underneath mm -hmm. the cloak. He's, you know, he's shrouded in everything purple. So I think you're keeping that going, uh, mm -hmm. in that way, but yeah, I don't know. I, here's the thing. Um, everybody who's involved in this comic book mm -hmm. does their job a million times better than I could. So I oh, can't sure. fault them for that. I can though express here are things that bothered me or here are things that, that I would have liked to have done differently. Or here are things that, you know, affected my enjoyment right. of the comic may not in affect, in fact, yours. Right. It's right. Um, the other thing is anything that we say, if they implement those things and it makes for a better comic than great, if they mm -hmm. don't implement those things, the comic is still very, very good in my opinion. Yeah. Um, going back to what you said about the writing and how you're not, uh, you don't grok a D and D, uh, stories as much. Mm. I kind of feel the same way in that, you know, oh man, do I have to know everything about Baldur's gate? Do I have to know everything about this character archetype mm. from, from the game in order to enjoy this book? And so what I end up doing a lot of times with Dungeons and Dragons stories like this, or just, uh, these kinds of stories, I'm just, I always just say to myself, this is just a high fantasy setting. It doesn't matter. Just go in and they will explain things as needed. And sure enough, when it gets to the displacer beast, you certainly don't have to see its stat block. They explain exactly what it does in the book. Uh, right. And so when you get to that, you're like, ah, okay. So now I know what that is. Do I have to know what it is in fifth edition? No, I certainly don't. So I always just look at these as, as trying to detach myself from, oh, this is going to be a video game or, oh, this is, this is going to be the next expansion module for the thing. And I just go in and say, give me the high fantasy story with these characters, because quite honestly, not that there's anything wrong with it, but you could literally pick these characters out, erase Baldur's Gate, erase Displacer Beast, erase some of the, the name conventions that you have from Dungeons and Dragons. And this mm -hmm. would just be, as you said, some confusion with the, um, uh, the other fantasy book we were talking about a minute ago, Queens, um, rat queens, rat yeah. queens, right? Yeah. Same thing. And right. So, and, and that, that doesn't, that shouldn't take away from what Jim's up is doing. I'm just saying that for people that are like, eh, I don't know, Dungeons and Dragons just seems so complex. Just go into this saying, 
it's a high fantasy comic book and you'll be fine. Exactly. And there are people who feel that way about a superhero comic book, you know, mm -hmm. where you file up the serial numbers and an Iron Man story mm -hmm. is basically the same beats as a Batman story. And that, yeah. I mean, that can be true. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean that your demon in a bottle or, you know, your death in the family aren't good books. And I think that's the point that we have to keep making here in that I thought this was a really good comic. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I felt like it was it was well put together. I felt like the story hit the right the right notes and the right beats. It's just I don't know that I personally want to read about a Dungeons and Dragons uh, game or session in a comic book. And, you know, I've had that issue recently with other things, licensed properties specifically. But, you know, you get to a point where you're like, hey, I, I enjoyed this. I felt like it was fine for what it was. But also, would I go and seek it out? Maybe not. And that just means that it's not necessarily for me, you know. And this week, uh, you and I watched two episodes of uh, Young, Justice. Young Justice. Right. Yeah. Now you're hooked for, on it. For, well, not really. I kind of walked away from Young Justice with the same sort of feeling of this is perfectly good stuff this is interesting this you know has hooks and bits and pieces into it and i could i could definitely see watching more of it but i don't necessarily know that it's going to be a rush right out in a buying frenzy moment for me but that doesn't mean it's not good yeah it just means that dungeons and dragons especially brings baggage it brings a lot of conventions and expectations and if you are absolutely on board with that, if you either, you know, know these things backwards and forwards are, or are willing to kind of sit back and let it wash over you, I feel like this is a book that you're going to enjoy. You know, if you talk about the stat block of a displacer piece, they're approximately 500 pounds and nine feet long. Uh, now, granted, these are AD&D stats, so I'm probably 30, 40 years out of date. But you get to a point where... It is neat to read this and go, okay, this is clearly, you know, this is that spell or this is that attack and that's that particular creature. And I know how that creature works because I have, you know, my creature commando manual over here and I can just look her up in the monster manual and go, ooh, and we get to the end of this and you're like, okay, this, you know, this guy just killed all of his friends. So they're clearly going to have to fight him. So you're like, is he a solo monster or is he like, I don't know, all the stuff that Rodrigo tells us about that I sort of kind of have here, you know. So I feel like all of the pieces are here for someone who wants a well done bit of Dungeons and Dragons, you know, not even necessarily ephemera, just a Dungeons and Dragons story. If you want a story set in that world, this is a good one. I just didn't really connect with it that way. I, I enjoyed it enough. And I, and I really think that if you are a fan of Dungeons and Dragons and you like stories set in that, that D and D uh, Baldur's gate world. Um, and I think if you are someone who likes the podcast, critical role uh, or the mm -hmm. podcast, critical hit, I think that you would probably get a kick out of this comic as well, because a lot of the same storytelling and a lot of the same characters and types of characters can be found in both critical role and critical hit. So if you're liking that kind of stuff, then I really think that you would probably enjoy this as well. Just like critical hit, the best thing to do is start at episode one. 
So yes. I would recommend that if you really want to know what's going on with these characters, uh, there's probably, man, there may be close to five times five. There may be 25, 30 issues, maybe more of this, of these characters out there, but mm-hmm. I would go back and try to find the first issue. Certainly through our comiXology Amazon affiliate link, you can go and get all the back issues, but it'd be worth your time because you do see these characters grow and evolve. That being said, yeah. I don't think you have to start with episode or issue one of this series. I think you could start with this story arc, which also happens to be uh, issue one. Um, right. And they do a pretty good job of making an issue one situation out of this, which I right. really appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it evil at Baldur's Gate that we reviewed before? We have done a bunch of things. We've done Frost Giants. We've done, you know. Uh, yes, I remember Frost Giants now. Yeah, yeah, so we've we've done we've done that. And I do believe their very first thing that they did was um, something at Baldur's Gate. I'm trying to find. I've, right. I, I've got this new uh, The Wild Beyond the Witchlight book open. I'm trying to find the Displacer mm-hmm. Beast in here. All I can find is is a Displacer Kitten. Uh, Armor Class 12. Yes, I know. I was trying to find, uh, you had said you wanted to know how, um, how off you were from your AD and D. I was trying to find the, yeah. the weight and height and all of that stuff. So, uh, well, I mean the full size there. See the thing about it doesn't matter. Beast it doesn't matter. Because I of, because of the cartoon, there's actually, uh, rules and discussion about, bigger displacer beasts or mutant displacer beasts who are like bigger than normal because you know, the one in the cartoon was like 30 feet tall or something. So yeah, I really love the fact that you have that kind of built into here. They're also known as a dill. or a dirly. The one thing that the one thing that is really nice about this, the one thing that I really, really like about this is that, Mm -hmm. They don't lean into this saying, Hey guys, this is a D and D block uh, book. And mm-hmm. so, you know, you don't see a little text box that pops up and says, uh, the party has right. gained or has leveled up. Uh, and you don't see stat blocks for these monsters. And I like that. I like that a lot because it was, it's I, very easy. Like no, I would hate that. Uh, to be honest with you, they did it in Scott Pilgrim and it worked really well. They did there, but I think that there was, would be too much of a, Hey, this is a Wizards of the Coast thing, and we're using this to either oh. enhance our bottom line or to push people over to a new thing. So if Too we put this stuff in energy. here, yeah, that's that's to me where it would feel a little uh, out of place. So I'm glad that they I'm glad that they don't do that. Yeah, and I can definitely see that. And I would be bugged by you know something, even if it was just like a Stan Lee panel that said, "Check out the Displacer Beast on page two thirty four of your fifth edition Monster uh, Manual." Yeah, your Monster Manual. Yeah, no, that would be really. I don't. I don't want that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it's a large creature, uh, lawful evil with dark vision. Of course yeah. it does. It's a cat. Right. Uh, okay. So bottom line from from know, bottom line for me is. Um, I don't know if this is a rush right out in a buying frenzy. I enjoyed it. I mean, if I were, if I had the, the infinite time that I, that I don't have anymore to just read comics left and right, this would definitely never be had infinite time. Oh yeah. You I did before I, years old before I started like major spoilers, a- before I started major spoilers, I was buying like 30, 40 comics a week hmm. and reading them all just sitting down in the evening and reading like five comics at a time throughout the week. And then the next week I would, you know, get another shipment of 30 plus comics. Uh, and so definitely this series would be on a pull list of me 20 years ago. 
uh, but I don't have as, as much time anymore. So I enjoy when this does land on our stack and granted I, I've got like right now, what 500 comics that, that were sent to us this week to review. Um, right. If this were on the top of my stack to read, I would read it. I, I enjoy this, this series enough that if it were voted on by our listeners or our fans again, uh, I would definitely, I would definitely pick it up and read it. In fact, anybody, anytime that the comics come up uh, from our readers to review on this, I'm always glad to, re- to read them. Uh, some yeah. of them I like a lot more and some of them I want to do create a pull list and pay for mm-hmm. the comic when it comes, uh, you know, through comiXology. Um, right. But with all the comics that do filter through our inbox, uh, every week, it's very easy to lose track of comics. So I guess what I'm saying yeah. is I like this comic a lot. 20 years ago, this would have been on my pull list today. It gets lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's not as awesome. It's still a great yeah. comic. It's still a very good comic. Right. So yeah, go check it out. I've already said, if you, you know, here are the, if you're adjacent to these things, you'll enjoy this as well. Yeah. That's kind of where I am as well. I feel like, you know, sometimes it really is hard to review a comic book in a way that kind of fulfills the point, which is to say, this is a good comic. This is qualitatively good. It's well put together. But there's also the question of, you know, oh, is it just drawn good? Well, no, it's not just drawn good. There are really, really strong bits of anatomy. There's stuff in here that I think that you will like. And I feel like, again, right now, we kind of have that that fragmentation in comic books that we've had in TV for so long, you know, where you argue about, I'm not going to look at this particular channel because I don't have to. Everything that I want is over here, or I can get everything in my HBO Max. Right. I don't need Showtime. So yeah, it goes back. It's it goes, one of yeah, those. Yeah. It goes yeah, back to what we've said before where, about superhero movies. Back when we absolutely. had very few, it was, we have to. But now that there's yep. a million, yeah, I can skip this one. You have an embarrassment of riches. And so if mm-hmm. this is, you know, if this is something where you know you're going to be into it, where you feel like, hey, high fantasy is my jam, or Dungeons and Dragons is my jam, or I really like a good adventure story that's fast-paced and has characters that do their character role stuff and do really neat stuff and have powers or swords or this is going to be good. I did not necessarily connect with it, but that's because I'm very, very old and you, you know, should connect with it. Cause uh, everybody who plays dungeons and dragons uh, is very, very old. No, that's just, that's not right. I will slap you. Um, but we ended up with this as I, as I alluded to before, we ended up with this comic because you are dear listeners voted upon this and Matthew, that's please correct. expand Upon that statement further, please. All right. So here's the deal. You go to Major Spoilers Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash Major Spoilers. Makes a lot of sense, right? You will find every single week. Stephen has assembled a list of comics for next week. And next week is going to be... I'm going to say the 26th. Oh, I'm bad at math. Okay, so the 27th, you're going to look for October 27th, 2021. You're going to choose the comic you want, vote for the comic you want, tell all your friends to come in and vote for the comic you want. Yeah, so next week, uh, coming out from Boom Studios, we have Dark Blood number four, Good Luck number five, the final issue there. And then we all we only find them when they're dead number nine, among others. That's why you go look at the complete list. I'm just giving you some highlights as they flash across uh, my screen. Dark Horse Comics next week has Black Hammer Reborn, number five. 
Let's see. Hellboy Omnibus Boxed Set. Ooh, that's 100 bucks, but that could be a lot of fun. Hellboy Silver Lantern Club. Oh, I'm down for that. Also, Lady Baltimore Witch Queens, number five, final issue there arrives. Definitely down for that as well. Stranger Things Tomb of the uh, Newbie Backwards, number two, comes out. Uh, over at Dynamite Entertainment, we have Barbarella, number four. Deja Thoris versus John Carter of Mars, number four. Invincible Red Sonia, number five. This is the issue where uh, she and her father uh, finally come to uh, to blows and her father beats the crap out of her. But thankfully, thanks to her miraculous uh, powers that she has, from being born on another planet, she'll be fine by the next, by the next issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, James Bond, Himeros, number one. Every time I see this, I I think it's James Bond, Himbos, Himbos, number one. Oh, I thought you were going to say James Bond, Hemorrhoids. No, no, James Bond, Himbos. I would definitely read that, that comic as well. (laughs) Also, Red Sonja, number two, comes out next week. That's different than Invincible Red Sonja. You can tell because she's got a big eye on her chest. Uh, Van, uh, Vengeance of Vampirilla number 23 also arrives next week. IDW Publishing has Sonic the Hedgehog number 46, Transformers number 36, Transformers Beast Wars number 9, and Transformers Shattered Glass number 3. Also, there's a Rabbit Samurai comic, but we don't review those anymore. Uh, Emmett, no. Uh, what's his name? Uh, made us very old. I think Olin made me very angry about about uh, constantly <laughs> recommending Usagi books that he claimed were the best, and it may not be Olin, but uh, claimed were the best Usagi uh, Yojimbo comic books ever. And every time I read them, I'm like, no, I hate this comic. So it is still on the ban list. Uh, unless, every, unless everybody votes for it, then of course I'll read it. I like Stan Sakai. Uh, Image Comics next week has A Man Among Ye number seven, Ant number one. Matthew, I think that is the continuation of uh, the Ant series from like 30 years ago. It is, yeah. Eric Larson bought it from the original creator. He bought it a while ago and just let it sit, if I'm not mistaken, right? Didn't he buy it like 20 years ago? She's been appearing in Savage Dragon, but apparently he was working with the original creators to complete their arc oh, that okay. they wanted to do. Okay. But apparently there were some issues getting that done. So recently they finished that arc with issue 12 and now they're relaunching her to a big number one. Ah, okay. Very good. Good to know. Good Asian number six of 10 arrives next week. That is a fantastic series, ladies and gentlemen. Jupiter's Legacy Requiem number five, King Spawn. King Spawn, Matthew, number three arrives next week. King Spawn. Don't they make those really good Hawaiian rolls? Yeah, man. Also, just regular Spawn, 323. And The Walking Dead Deluxe, number 25. Marvel Comics next week has The Amazing Spider-Man, number 77. Daredevil, 35. Inferno, number 2. Disco Inferno, Inferno, 1977. (laughs) Number 77, right. Uh, Marauders, 25. Moon Knight, number 4. Star Wars Bounty Hunters, IG-88, number 1. Go out and uh, buying Frenzy and grab that one, kids. In all the rest category, we have Barbaric number one, Batman number 93. This is a special signed edition uh, from James Tinian or Tynan, sorry. Uh, Grim Fairy Tales number 53, Harbinger number one over at Valiant Entertainment, Lady Death crossover leather bag set. What are they crossing over with? I don't know, and I'm afraid to ask. I've never read Leather Bag, the comic. I wonder what it's about. Nine Stones, number three. Pop Star Assassin, number one. I know somebody's already voted for that. I have no idea who uh, puts this out. So uh, <laughs> with some of these smaller publishers, that's why they are in the and the rest category. There is oh, no guarantee that we will be able to to get them. Um, let me see who this is from. This is from Behemoth Comics. They have never, they have never contacted us. 
and I'm going to look and see. Now they are. Let me look. Oh, sorry. Um, they are not on Comixology as of right now. They are listed as a publisher, but for next week they're not listing any releases. So hmm, I don't know. According to what I'm seeing, it says Pop Star Assassin was supposed to come out last week. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, supply chain, my brother. Delays. Supply chain. Uh, if we can't get our supply chains figured out, it's going to be a very sad Christmas for everybody. Also, Space Pirate Captain Harlock number five. That's over, I believe, at Titan Comics. Yep. Suicide Jockeys number three and The Undying Queen number one. Speaking of comicsology, if you are so inclined, you can go over there and find all of the DC comics coming out next week. Looks now like that now that the Amazon comicsology Integration has become complete. Now, Comixology has been owned by Amazon for well over a decade now. Um, but they've kind of forced the two into one space. So now we're starting to see the comics coming out next week. So coming up out next week from DC Comics, we have Aquaman, The Becoming, number two. We also have uh, Aquaman, Green Arrow, number one. Uh, Foundation Fortnite, a new series there. Uh, this looks like uh, it's got the, the Batman Who Laughs on the cover. So you can look at that. And if people have thing, if people have a problem with the uh, the Fortnite bout Batman crossover, mm-hmm. I have things to say about that, and it may change your mind. Uh, Checkmate number five. Uh, let's see what else comes out next week. Detective Comics ten forty four, Wonder Girl number four, and let's see Wonder Woman Black and Gold issue number five. One thing I've heard, I don't know if this is true, so this is a a rumor. Couch this in the rumor. The reason why we're getting so many. You know, title character, black, white, red, whether that be Deadpool, Red Sonia, Superman, you know, Batman, uh, Wonder Woman is because there's also ink shortages in the supply chain. And so they're they're limiting some of their ink so that they can put out these series. I don't know if that's true or not. It doesn't sound accurate, but who knows? Hmm. So here's what you need to do. As Matthew said, uh, go over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. Look at the complete list. Use the comment section to cast your vote and then come back uh, next week when we review your comic and you may be able to hear Matthew say in the middle of the road this podcast is copyright 2021 by major spoilers entertainment LLC Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.